Raul Orpeza did a super chat. He says, it's not necessarily that those with a bachelor's degree are following the system. As a student, I was forced yeah. to take the vaccine before I could continue with my classes as at undergrad level. Maybe grad students were forced as well. Interesting. No, these yeah. mandates are still going on in U.S. colleges. I, I, Notre Dame. Still? Yeah. Notre Dame is one of the most egregious uh, policies right now, and I'm just horrified. I'm not going to give them a dime until uh, well, they figure this out. Well, and Joker can't get into the United States. Here we go. Cannot play in a tennis Miami, tournament. Yeah. 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 You, you know, yes, uh, Sunday, I'm at the park, and I'm talking to a friend, Jeremy, and I said, hey, would you ever uh, 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 be okay with your son serving the military? He says, I would love for my son to serve the military one day and protect this country. But I can't. I said, why not? He said, because they're going to force him to take the vaccine. I said, your reasoning is purely vaccine related. He says, yes. He says, how many vaccines did you take? I told him I took 11 on the first week when you go into the military. And then we also had to take the anthrax. We had to take all this other stuff that's military property. I, I wonder how many parents are going to be turned like Tom your kids going to school they have to take the vaccine to go to school uh no not right now right certain schools certain no no schools, no though. no not high school college if she chooses to go to a certain college she has to take the vaccine well we're going to see what those mandates look like but we're we're quietly looking at that sort of stuff as we as my, a, my as daughter's a, a, a junior took the SATs so this fall all the packets go in right. November 1st and part of our evaluation process is is it an is it mandate or is it optional or is it preferred you're looking at that and you guys are seriously considering that as you have to yeah wow. man that, that is pretty wild as a parent you have to sit there and say you know, I'd love my kid to go to such and such college, but they mandate vaccines. You know what? Because of that, we're not going to go there. I mean, a lot of parents are going to have to make these decisions. And at eighty-three thousand dollars a year, national average for most uh, private and uh, fully established state universities, that's the average. What's food, the number? Eighty-three thousand. That's f room, board, travel. That's a national average. The the tuition's right around sixty, but then you have about fifteen to seventeen for a dorm and meal card and books and all lab fees. So for $83,000 a year, I have to pay that to increase the mortality rate of my daughter. Sorry. Yeah, that's the insanity that we're, that we're under. One stat I'd love to share with all with the audience is in, uh, between March of 21 and Feb of 22, when we first started doing this, 60,000 millennials excessively died. In the Vietnam War, uh, 58,000 soldiers died over 12 years. So in one year, 60,000 millennials disappeared. One was due to the Viet Cong, and the other was due to a needle, I think. <laughs> what do you think the refrain, not what do you think, what are you observing the refrain? Because safe and effective was a refrain, and I'll go back and I'll share with people how this works, because I happen to agree with you about fraud. So I'm going to ask a question at the end of this statement. I was part of a venture-funded company in year 2000, and we were out trying to raise money. And we had, uh, we were, our product was sold as a subscription, you know, for money that paid operating costs. And so we were not eyeballs or what uh, back in the day was called vanity stats. Right. Um, and as a, an investor and coming from Wall Street, you know what that is. What was happening at that time is w the venture capital community was openly saying, listen, right now we've got, you know, a lot of dot coms. They were simply called dot coms at the time. And we got to get out. And there's one of two ways to do it. One is greater fool's theory that uh, another VC right. marks up the valuation and comes in. The second, and so that positions it favorably. But that's just marking up your investment. The way they got out was through IPOs. What happens at the IPOs is there would be some shares that would be restricted that couldn't be sold. But in many cases, the VCs got out with the public offering. So in other words, the venture capital community knew that these dot-coms had structural issues. But there is this, the bankers were getting banking fees. They were in favor of the IPOs. The venture capital was in favor of transferring all their risk to the public market and then getting the return on what they had. And then maybe they had some of the, was left there. And the refrain that I heard over and over again, hey, the rules have changed. It's different business now. The rules have changed. And I would ask, what rules? Which rules have changed? Are people just going to be buying online so you're taking retail costs out of brick and mortar? But the refrain back then I remember was, 
the rules have changed, but I was looking at it and I was kind of horrified because I said, all the VCs are doing is getting out to the next round. And this time it's the public market. So now they're out. So the dot-com crash happened on Wall Street after they went public, but they got out. And you know who they had air cover from? The money that's invested by the VCs, you know what it comes from? Michigan public employees. Sovereign wealth funds. There is a ton of people that put money into the VC funds that wanted to get out. So there is a whole group below the surface, you're nodding, that, yeah, they wanted, call, yeah, they that call, wanted to get out. So they were in favor. Get the IPO out. Get it to the public market. Then the VC got a return. But more importantly, Michigan public employees got their money back. Uh, Yale, law, Yale Med School Endowment got their money back. Uh, major... Um, Family offices got their money back. Do you see what I mean? And then the dot-com crashed on the retail investor. Yeah, y'all. The, the last person to hold a bag is always retail. It's called a liquidity event. That the, the VCs got their liquidity event at the expense of the retail investing public. So that was a fraud, and that's what I heard that. So other people, I wanted to amplify what... Uh, what Ed was saying at the beginning where he said he's seen multiple frauds in his life. I saw that one. What is the refrain right now as we move into chapter two or three of this pandemic and COVID? Originally, it was safe and effective. Get the elderly. I remember that. What is it right now? What's Is there a refrain now or is this we're in the fallout phase? Well, well we're in narrative uh, spin control right now. So I see different narratives emerging. One of them is, oh, you know, Yes, we were wrong, but we didn't. We, we, we were flying by the seat of our pants, and we were doing the best we could. Who do you hear that from? Who's actually that? That, up that, to that? that, that that's. I think the Atlantic, uh, which is kind of the mouthpiece of the establishment, wrote an article on that recently. Talking you, about masks, they said, "Hey, N95s didn't even work." Right. And so, oh, so masks didn't work. If the N95 didn't work, forget about the bandanas and all the cheap masks. Nothing works. The Atlantic just put out an article recently said, yes, the experts failed miserably, but you still need to trust us. <laughs> you can't make this up. There's just, we, I, I, these, these, these folks seem to have no self-awareness. I just sent you an article. Uh, pull that up if you can. I, it's I was, like my alcoholic uncle slapping my aunt, crying in front of my cousins, and then saying, I'm really sorry I did this, but trust me, I won't happen again next week until it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the sorry to hear about your family problems, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah. By, by the way, so uh, uh, here, here's a here's an article, Tom. Top t uh, 25 best vaccine optional colleges in the U.S. Uh, number one, U.S. Naval Academy. Number two is look what number two is UNC. Interesting. Isn't that where a lot of the data came from? Uh, I believe they did a lot of gain of function research as well. Three. United Chapel Hill? Yeah. Hmm. You're, you're probably going to see all the academies. You're going to see Annapolis. You're going to see Colorado Springs. Hillsdale College, Merchant, Michigan. Merchant Marines. Davidson they College. mandated uh, in the military. University yeah. of Florida. There's, there's West Point. Wait, wait, what? Was there U of F was in there? Yeah, absolutely. Number nine is University of Florida. Keep going. I know that's an Well, you option. know why? Because the university may want to do it one way, but the funder, you know, well, it's also DeSantis. Of DeSantis, yeah. And University of Florida oh, is not private. So. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. You'll probably good see Florida for them. State on this thing. University of Austin, UT. Down Georgia. From, uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, Madison. There's Merchant Ohio Marine, State. New York. Ohio State University. Optional. Okay. North Carolina State Rally. Florida State University. Yeah. There you go. Uh, also also right gets there. money from Tallahassee, by the way. Clemson. It's in Tallahassee. Uh, Oberlin College, I meant government, Rhode Island, Grove City, Southern Methodist, SMU. Good for them. Purdue. Texas. Okay. Indiana. Yeah. So there is options where they're allowing the kids and the parents to make a decision. No for Ivy League schools, huh? No, the, the, the Ivy Leagues are still on board. The, uh, now, why do you think that is? Why are the Ivy Leagues so on board with all this? I, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's tribalism, I think. It's like they were all in. And they're not, you know, I don't think Ivy Leaguers like to admit they're wrong. When I was on Wall Street, uh, you know, I didn't get a Harvard MBA, but I met a lot of Harvard MBAs. A lot of them are smart, good people, but a lot of them also have egos and never admit they're wrong. Even when they're wrong, they'll say, Ed, you were right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, look, just agree to disagree. How yeah. about that, Ed? So, so let, let's transition into the next. Uh, you won the game on fumbles, so you didn't really win it. You didn't win it with <laughs> offensive prowess. It was fumbles. Correct. <laughs> 
go to page uh, six to ten minutes about uh, uh, COVID experts, if you can do that, okay? Uh, uh, This is a New York Post story. I'll read this to you. I thought this was an interesting uh, uh, article. Um, Number one, uh, ten myths told by COVID experts and now debunked. Number one, misinformation number one. Natural immunity offers little protection compared to vaccinated immunity. A Lancet study looked at 65 major studies in 19 countries on natural immunity. The researchers concluded that natural immunity was at least as effective as the primary COVID vaccine series. Misinformation number two. Actually, can we stop right there? Yeah. Lancet, that's a respected medical journal. So this is somebody stepping out of line. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, they put out a lot of misinformation during COVID, so they're going to have to uh, reestablish their credibility. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Pat, but I saw this earlier. In it's the important what you just said, though. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. They put out a lot of misinformation during COVID, so now they're trying to clean up Correct. some of their own misinformation that they put up. So good for them, at least we're doing it. Yeah. You know, Misinformation number two, masks prevent COVID transmission. Cochrane reviews are considered the most authoritative independent research, uh, independent assessment of the evidence of, uh, in medicine. And one published last month by a highly respected Oxford research team found that masks had no significant impact on COVID, COVID transmission. That's, it's pretty wild to think about all the fights on planes, you know, the discomfort. Put it on. Raise it. Cover your nose. All those, you know, uh, issues you would have on flight. You know what N95 means? Nah, 95% chance you get it anyway. Tom, you're on fire today with your jokes. I mean, this is, oh my God. I mean, he, he's trying out to uh, be a comedian. comedy. He spent a little too much time with Crowder yesterday. This is what happens. <laughs> Misinformation number three. And three Yetis of coffee. Schools closures reduce COVID transmission. The CDC ignored the European experience of keeping schools open, most without masks mandates. Transmission rates were no different, evidenced by studies conducted in Spain and Sweden. Okay. Number four, myocarditis, Tom, from the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Public health officials downplayed concerns about vaccine included myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle. We now know that myocarditis is 6 to 28 times more common after COVID vaccine than after the infection among 16 to 24-year-old males, which is kind of this one of the things you're talking about, right? This data here. Yep. Number five, young people benefit from a vaccine booster. Boosters reduced hospitalizations in older, high-risk Americans, but the evidence was never there uh, that they lower COVID mortality in young and healthy people. So it did help in older and high-risk Americans. Uh, That's what they're saying. Yeah. And this is a New York Post article, right? (laughs) Misinformation number six, vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. President Biden and other officials demanded that unvaccinated workers, regardless of their risk or natural immunity, to be fired. A recent study from George Mason University details how vaccine mandates in nine major U.S. cities had no impact on vaccination rates. They also had no impact on COVID transmission rates. George Mason for you. Number seven. COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Okay, this one, we're definitely going to get it to here in a minute. Yeah. But I'll come back to number seven. Number eight, it was important to get second vaccine dose three or four weeks after the first dose. Data were clear in the spring of 2021, just months after the vaccine rollout, that spacing the vaccine out by three months reduced complication rates and increased immunity. Spacing out vaccines would have also saved more lives when Americans were rationing a limited vaccine supply at the height of the pandemic epidemic. Number nine, data on uh, bivalent vaccine is crystal clear. Dr. Ashisha Jha famously said that despite the bivalent uh, vaccine being approved using data from eight mice, (laughs) to date there has never been a randomized controlled trial of the bivalent vaccine. I think think all the mice got COVID as well. (laughs) Number 10, one in five people got long COVID. Get long COVID. The CDC and prevention cl- and the CDC claims that 20% of COVID infections can result in long COVID. It's often normal to experience mild fatigue or weakness for weeks after being sick and inactive and not eating well. Calling these cases long COVID is the medica- medicalization of ordinary life. I'm going to go back to seven. 
That was a supplemental fear, right? Yeah. You're going to get long COVID. And if, if you, I'll get it and I'll fight it off. Yeah, but you could have long COVID and have other things. So it's like the supplemental fear for that, people that, that thought they were going to get natural immunity. And that's the new, uh, one of the reasons being floated for sudden death and all these excess deaths is long mm-hmm. COVID. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But interestingly, long COVID doesn't have a clinical definition yet. And right. it explains everything and nothing all at the same time. Pat, and, I know you want to get to number seven, but I think even after seven, we should highlight that next article, which I think is a yeah, let's accountability. Seven and we'll, I mean, obviously, it's all within it. So mm-hmm. number seven, COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Google admitted to suppressing searches of lab leak during the pandemic. Dr. Francis Collins, head of National Institute of uh, uh, Health, claimed and still does he doesn't believe the virus came from a lab ultimately overwhelming circumstances circumstantial evidence points to a lab leak origin the same origin suggested by dr anthony fauci by two very prominent virologists in january 2020 2020 meeting he assembled at the beginning of the pandemic so you hear that and then story comes out by fbi director ray acknowledges uh the bureau uh, uh, assessment that COVID-19 likely resulted from a lab incident. This is a CNN story, folks. This is not a Fox or anything else. This is a CNN story, okay? So uh, FBI Director Christopher acknowledged in an interview that Fox, uh, uh, with Fox News that the FBI believed the COVID-19 pandemic was likely the result of a lab accident in Wuhan, China, stating that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. The Department of Energy low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 most likely originated from a laboratory leak in China underscores a divide in the U.S. government as the majority of the intelligence community still believes that COVID either emerged naturally in the wild or there's still too little evidence to make a judgment one way or another. Ray stated that the FBI has a team of experts who focus on the risk of biological threats that come into the wrong hands, including a by a hostile nation state, and that the Chinese government has been doing its very best to try to thwart and upfus. Uh, how do you pronounce that word? Upfuscate the uh, work here. So he, he, here's my question for you: When you're hearing the director of FBI saying this is most likely coming from uh, Wuhan lab, when you're hearing, you know, uh, uh, the Department of Energy, oh, this cannot be. Stephen Colbert calls out the Department of Energy. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. If you got Stay the in clip, your lane, I yeah. If you got the clip technology. of Stephen Colbert calling out Department of Energy, like, dude, you're a comedian, right? Yeah. Exactly. He got pissed off at John Stewart for John Stewart saying, "What do you mean it didn't come from?" You know, if you can find this clip, yeah. his reaction, he was not happy no. about well, Department of Energy. That's also the same Stephen Colbert who literally had syringe dancers. That was doing the most absurd like thing I ever saw. The Rockefeller Rocketeers dance. Right. Play this. I actually want to see this. <laughs> Watch Weekend, this. Uh, the Department of Energy released a new report saying a lab leak is the most likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there it is. Chinese wet markets, you're off the hook. Let's order a round of pangolin poppers for the table. I love a nice plate of wet apps. Now, if you're, if you're some, can we get some civet fingers, please? Now, if like me, you're wondering why the Department of Energy is the one making this judgment, it's because that agency oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. No, no. Bad energy department. No bio labs until you finish building your electric car charging stations. Stay in your lane. You don't see, you don't see, you don't see, you don't see the Census Bureau building nukes. But whatever. Who am I to say? They're the energy department. I'm sure they're smart. They wouldn't release these findings unless they were absolutely confident. What's that? They made their judgment with low confidence. Yeah. You can tell by the way they deliver the news. Um, maybe it was a lab leak. That's stupid. Forget I said anything. I don't... Now, it turns out... 
No matter what the Energy Department says, not everyone in the government agrees. You see, while the Department of Energy suspects it was a lab leak, four other agencies, along with a national intelligence panel, still judge that the pandemic was likely the result of a natural transmission, and the CIA remains undecided. In fact, the CIA issued the following statement. Which virus? No, that one wasn't us. Okay, that's funny. That, that last uh-huh. one's actually funny. That was funny. Yeah. I agree. That was actually funny. Yeah. You know, you know, if you can pause this, here, here's the question. So, so, can you pull up the picture, by the way, of the vaccine dance that he did? <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. So, so here's, here, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Well, by the way, this is a question for all of us here. How much of it do you think they fear? Uh, don't play this right now. We can come back to this. I mean, we've all seen this pathetic uh, performance that they had, which was. Uh, uh, but how much of this, Tom, Ed, do you think it's they fear? That if they were wrong, they worry that a guy like Trump is going to come out and his entire campaign is not going to be, let's make America great again. It's not going to be, I'm with her. It's not going to be forward. It's not going to be dream. It's going to be told you so. Can you imagine if Trump's campaign slogan is told you so, right? Can you imagine if this guy comes out and saying, it's not about America first. It's about told you so. I told you. Russia had nothing. I told you vaccine. I told you. I told you. I t- so where they are fearing, they're fearing if a guy like that comes out, holy moly, they do not want that guy to be right. Or, or, or is it singular to one personality, which is Trump, or is it singular to the anti-establishment that questioned the narrative, that's questioning the traditional education route that people are taking right now, that's questioning grooming, that's questioning this censorship, that's questioning all of that, is there fear that entire community of influencers that have been calling them out that they could potentially be right? Or is it singular to one personality that they fear him using this against them? Which one do you think it is? I I think if you get a unified populace, because, you know, there's one thing the American voter has been unified on on the last was it 35 years is that congress only gets a 22 percent approval rating right right never mind the president's approval rating rising and falling congress has been a 22 percent approval rating and during trump's campaign forget that it was trump the messaging drained the swamp whoever you are as a candidate was very effective as american people because it lines up with their notion well you know congress is a is a cesspool or a swamp, whatever you want to call it anyway. And so if you move from drain the swamp to throw out the proven liars, then you open up the opportunity. And I'm going to use a word here. Um, Remember Mussolini came to power, among other things, with I'm just going to make the trains run on time and you can't trust anybody else. It does open the door for not you know, dictatorial psychopaths like Mussolini, but it opens a door for a compelling personality to rise on the incredibly, not just disappointed, but now angry populace. You know, you had a low approval rating for years, drain the swamp, I agree with. Now you're you're not just liars, you're proven liars, and you all got to go. And it opens the door for that personality to, to, take that, to take that vacuum and drive it. You know, for... for- I have to ask the question, why now? What's the timing? Three years after what many of us suspected and knew in 2020 that it was a lab leak. You didn't have to have too many brain cells to figure that out. Why now? What's the timing? And I think it's a distraction from what I continue to believe is the most horrendous crime ever, which is this vaccine fraud, because the death and disabilities continue, and they need to blame somebody, and why not China? And, mm. and, and take the blame off of them for introducing the vaccines because the u.s is the one that rode the vaccine wave and we're the ones responsible for it unpack that unpack that with china so you're thinking you're thinking they're they're sitting there saying yet let's unify and go against china and say that it was their fault and to hope that we win the election again if you do that you're only like, okay, so if you know how, let's just say a president prior to you had these 10 policies he chose to drive, okay? He's a one-term president, you win. 
you say, we're going to stop that with this thing, and we're going to say that was a bad idea. Three years later, out of the 10 things, you canceled nine of them. Now you bring back nine of them. Guess what the other side's going to say? This is the opening remarks on my first speech. When I was president, I pitched these 10 things. You guys said you didn't want me. You wanted a guy named Joe. No problem. You got him. He turned off my nine ideas on what I said. But three years later, every one of the things he canceled, he realized were the right moves. He brought it back up. So all along, you really just wanted me. <laughs> That's going to be the campaign. So I don't think that can be the case because that just speaks into Trump's narrative. I think that they may have to speak, speak into Trump's narrative because the deep state and, and the people involved in all this. I mean, this, this is the most horrendous thing that's ever happened to our country. The numbers are stark. I haven't even talked about the dis disabilities. The deaths are bad, but the disabilities are affecting the economy for sure. What, what do you mean by that? Rob, were you going to ask something or say something? It just it seems odd, the timing of everything that's going on between Russia, China aligning together, and now all of a sudden we've had this big push in the United States to back Ukraine. And now all of a sudden, after three years, they're coming out and saying, well, it was China. It was China. China did this. Yeah. Well, could it be that they're trying to align and gather citizens of the United States to look at China and go, well, look what China did. Now China's aligning themselves with Russia. Now we're going to throw our full support behind Ukraine, almost to unite us, much like after 9-11. 9-11 happened, Patriot Act happens, we in, we go into Iraq and Afghanistan, and all of a sudden there was this sense of patriotism. We haven't had that sense of patriotism in this country since 2015, 2014, and now all of a sudden, hey, we have a common enemy. Could that common enemy be China because China may be aligning themselves with Russia? Well, China— So that's a good point, by the way. No, I agree yeah. with that. Uh, look, China—conflict uh, with China and Russia, right now it's done through proxy— with the Ukraine. We're not currently involved kinetically with China and Russia. But I, I'm predicting that, unfortunately, that's going to come to a head in the next couple of years, if not sooner, primarily because we have a sovereign uh, debt crisis. You know, the, 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 that's unfolding. The monetary system, as we know, is kind of unraveling. And also we have this vaccine crime. So wouldn't it be nice to wipe both issues off the face of the map with war? I think war is inevitable. I hate to say it, but I think that's where we're headed. Oh, that, that part I agree because, because what, historically what happens when America's been in war, they typically reelect that president Yeah, because they don't want a disruption. That's just studies have shown, right? If, if we're, we're in war, uh, uh, the same president gets reelected. So there's many different cards you can use for reelection. That's definitely one of them. And we're definitely headed in that direction. How bad and ugly it's going to be, nobody knows. Some are even saying we're already in war. We're just, you know, using a country proxy that, war, proxy proxy war, war. that we're using Ukraine as a way of going against Russia. But for me, this is all playing into the hands of one guy. You know, it's all playing into the hands of one guy. You can love the guy. You can hate the guy. I don't care if he is wanting to have a campaign and name the slogan anything. He can name it. Told you so. <laughs> it's a campaign called I Told You So. By the way, if the campaign made a shirt called I Told You So with his face on it, it would sell millions. I'm telling you right now, if Trump's campaign, if they sold a shirt right now, it would be the new MAGA. It wouldn't, you know how the MAGA hat blew up and it was all over the place? All he needs to do is add a new product to it called I Told You So. By the way, even check to see if they have that product already or not. Type in Trump I Told You So shirt. And see if it's on their website. Have, have you seen the meme? Uh, uh, I identify as a conspiracy. There you go. Yeah, they need they, they need to make that as their... What website is that at, by the way? Is that them selling it? That's Amazon. No, no. They need to sell it. <laughs> they need to sell it. They need to sell a, a, a merch called I Told You So, and I think that would sell so well if they keep going this direction. This is why if I'm a, if I'm a Democratic strategist, I'm like, listen, guys, here's what you have to realize. If you keep going the direction you're going to trash China, you're probably not going to get reelected because all they're going to say is we were right all along. You have to take a different page to show Trump was wrong. They can't show Trump being right. And too many of the decisions they're making right now, they're showing Trump was right. You, you, strategically, that's a dumb move they're making. It's just my opinion. I'm not a political strategist. Just somebody thinking about it. I don't think that's the right move they're making. So, okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. By the way, before I go into the next one with 
the BBC story about the cover-up text messages that leaked. Oh, what stats did you want to share about the disabilities? Yeah, I think so, that's important. Yeah, the disability data is pretty stark. So um, since the introduction of the vaccines, disabilities have taken off nationwide. And I'm using U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So prior to COVID, for the prior five years, we had about 29 to 30 million disabled Americans just bouncing up and down. Uh, around February of 21, it took off, and it went up and to the right uh, concurrent with the vaccine uptake, we do statistical analysis. It's like a 0.9 R squared fit. That's geek speak for uh, there's 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 some correlation there. Now they'll say correlation's not causation, whatever. Um, but since the introduction of the uh, vaccines, we went to a high of 33.2 million uh, disabled folks in September of 22. Uh, so again, I told you 29 to 30 million was the average prior five years. So we added 3.2 million in about 18 months. When you break down the data of, of the uh, uh, 3.2, 1.7 million is employed. So the employed are having a tough time, mm-hmm. excessive death and disability. What are the disabilities that are? are that, it doesn't, it just, it's just, it's a one and a zero. They don't get into the granular. It's just, it's just raw numbers. So I'm saying there's a signal here. I don't need to go any further than that. That's a big number. It's 10% increase overall. Uh, the rate of change in growth was a, a three sigma event. Three standard deviation happens 0.03% of the time. 0.03% of the time, yeah. not 0.3%. You, yeah. you said a 10% change, but I'm looking here at at 3.1% to almost 4.1%. So that's like one over three, that one. That's 33%. That 33%. Well, that, I was about to get into that. So for the employed, uh, their disability rate went up 31%. The general U.S. population's uh, disability rate went up 9%. Then not in labor force, those who quit or got fired, who could have been in the labor force, their disability rate went up 4%. So whatever's going on, I think it's the vaccine, something is happening to the employed people of our country. They're dying excessively, and they're getting disabled faster. So I, when I went before Senator Johnson in December, I said we have a national security issue here. Now, if you don't believe me, it's the vaccine then what is it? Why aren't we talking about it? Because the, the employed of our country are dying faster than everybody else and getting disabled faster. And when you break it up in, between employed men and women, women are getting smoked. Women, women's disability rate increase is 39%, men 19 Why is that? Whatever, uh, this uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf has done some analysis of the clinical, clinical uh, trials at Pfizer, and the, the incidence of adverse events affected women. They saw about 70% of the adverse events were women. That's, that's, that fits with the, the data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Again, two different studies showing the same thing. Um, uh, someone just put out a, a piece today. I retweeted it. I forget her name, but uh, she basically said that whatever's going on is affecting whatever's going on is affecting women, and it's, it has something to do with the menstrual cycle, the spike protein. It's a disaster. It's interesting. A thirty-three percent increase in the disability rate here, and also you gave us some numbers on uh, mortality, excess excess death rates that were also thirty-three to fifty percent up. So it's kind of interesting that these two families of stats being disabled or dying are both up excess. That was uh, excess death rate, correct? Yeah. Both up 33% and both up starting third quarter 2020. Yeah. What are you thinking? It, I, it's they're, they're rising at the same time. So whether you're disabled or, or you die, the, it's very, very nervous that both of those stats are going up 33% over that time, consistent with people getting the vaccine. So disability rates up 33% starting third quarter of 2020. You know, excess death rates up 33 to 50%, depending on the cohort you're talking about, starting third quarter of 2020 going forward. So it says that once the vaccine's introduced... It started February of 21. Right. I was going back, guess, February 21. I was going back to end of 2020 when the, oh, yes. the, yeah, yeah. When the big ramp of inju- stabs yes. happened because supply caught up and there was mass vaccinations exactly. underway. Yeah. Uh, pretty disturbing data. Yeah. yeah. Look, so 1.7 million unemployed people is 1.7% of the workforce, about 100 million employed in the U.S. So uh, if you're wondering why there's a labor shortage, part of the reason is due to disability. And people just quietly just disappearing from the workforce. 
Some people are actually working with disabilities, and that's another issue. So, uh, so this leads me to the Reuters article. Fact check video claiming COVID-19 vaccine left 13,627 dead and 17,794 disabled is sourced from an unverified VAERS data. This is a Reuters article, if you want to go to that, right there. A video being shared online that's gone viral, uh, advanced event systems, uh, uh, U.S. vaccine vaccines reporting systems, which reported not to prove casualty. If you can go a little lower, video comments are saying not doing it. These numbers are based on reports, not actual adverse events and deaths confirmed by Center of Disease Control, as shown uh, VAERS welcome healthcare providers, vaccine manufacturers, and public attention. He warns that the data on the site may contain information that is incomplete, inaccurate, coincidental, and unver. Why are they so worried about just investigating this? It, 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 all you have to do is a journalist from the left here. Let's look at this data. According to the CDC uh, uh, guidance listed on this page, reporting adverse events from COVID 19 vaccines here, there has been 6,968 reports of death. Um, recorded from December 14 to uh, 2020 to August 23, 2021, among people who received the COVID-19 vaccine. It is important to note that the FDA requires healthcare providers to report any death after COVID-19 vaccination to VAERS, even if it's unclear whether the vaccine was the cause. Reuters has debunked similar claims that VAERS had data as implied casualty here and here. Okay, keep going lower. What What is their worry about this? So VAERS uh, normally would have sent us, in February of 2021, the doctors, the frontline doctors, said that this product should have been pulled because we had a death signal from VAERS, but it's been ignored. VAERS is the, the vaccine injury database. And, you know, in 1976, when we had the swine flu, they pulled that after 25 deaths, and VAERS is over 17,000 now. So I don't, I, you know, this is the most bizarro thing I've, I've ever seen in my life. The fact that this is continuing I mean, the mere fact I'm on the scene here is a problem. Why is a guy from Wall Street having to do this? This should have ended in the early days of the vaccination. Can you repeat program. what you just said about swine flu? You, you went really quick over that. I want to make sure people hear what you just yeah, said. Yeah, so in 1976, there was a swine flu vaccine that was created. And it was, there was a big push by the president, a lot of celebrities. Sounds similar. 25 deaths, and they pulled it. 20. Pulled the vaccine off market. Off market. Ended the program. So apparently life's gotten a lot cheaper in the last 40 years. And again, if you talk to some of the doctors that uh, um, have been censored and maligned and smeared, they will tell you there was a safety signal in VAERS, and if everything was operating properly like it was in the 70s, this would have ended in March of 2021. They would have pulled the damn thing. But here we are today. You got me. The, the fact that I'm on the scene is sad because there's enough – uh, ones and zeros that I can count them. And I shouldn't be here. I should not be a, a public figure. I should be on Maui on the beach relaxing. <laughs> and here I am because no one else seems to do it. Well, on behalf of Fauci, we'd like to apologize for you not having enough time on the beach. <laughs> you know, but let, let, let's, go, let's go to this to, to the story that you have from BBC or Radar Online. I'll just read this to you. COVID cover-up leaked text messages show British health minister suggesting to deploy new virus variant to frighten the pants off everyone. H how in the hell is this? Leaked WhatsApp messages has revealed that Matt Hancock, the former Secretary of State for Health in Britain, attempted to frighten the public into compliance with COVID-19 restrictions. The Sunday Telegraph obtained the messages in which Hancock appeared to suggest to a top aide when to reveal the existence of Kent variant of COVID to ensure people comply with new lockdown rules. In another conversation, uh, Simon Case, the head of Britain's civil uh, service, emphasized the importance of fear-guilt factor in the government's messaging. These messages are part of over 100,000 leaked by uh, journalist Isabel Okep, uh, uh, Okeshot, who defended their release as being in an overwhelming public interest. The leaks have raised questions about the handling of the pandemic in the U.K. and other countries around the world. What are your thoughts on this year? Uh, this is a bombshell. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is, this is, so what's going on right now, and you guys are probably noticing it, the information's coming fa fast and furious. Like, there's leaks, there's things. It seems like there's a mass awakening going on. This is just unbelievable. And I, I saw one of the, uh, I don't know if you just read it, but the one about, about the, you know, I, I just got Tedros his chips. 
he talked about chipping people, his chip vaccine. I, I'm not sure there's a chip in there, but he said it in one of the leaked messages, not on this one. But it's it, this is unbelievable. This is this is this is the kind of thing. That let's let's read this. Matt Hancock. We frighten the pants off everyone with new strain, but the complication with that Brexit is taking the top line. Yep, that's what will get proper behavior change. When do we deploy the new variant? Been thinking about that, about this, and think uh, we need to move, be more cautious, the strain that is. Think you made the point earlier, but we need to keep schools off paperwork agenda. Yes, we're doing a bit about not, not taking the top, I think. Big risk with the variant. Right-wing papers go for renewed push for let it rip on the basis the vaccine strategy is undermined. <laughs> go a little higher. I can't see it, Rob. That's why we reassure on the vaccine. Yeah, I saw that a couple of days ago, and then the new leak is him talking about pushing the chip, meaning the vaccine. Can, can you find a new leak of uh, 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 of the chip? Type in chip. Go to the top and type in. Yeah, there you go. Anything comes up on. So go he's to not images. talking about public health. He's talking about crowd control and changing behavior and controlling. Uh, we saw well, that one. Correct, of course, but but he, there there was a reference to a chip which people are going crazy with. I, I, again, this is just pretty unbelievable. This is about control. This is about power. This is about changing behaviors. Had nothing to do with the with the with public health Who at wins, all. Though? What's the outcome? What are you doing this for? So it, is it, the, he, here's the part. I don't care if you're left, right, middle. Like the left doesn't benefit from this. This is this isn't like hey all the Democrats unified to go up against and use this to control the behavior. You really think like John F. Kennedy, Bill Clinton, Democrats want this? Like this is not a Democrat, Republican, Independent. This is not good for anybody. It's tyranny. It's power. Who would want this though? Who would want this? You want to hear my personal opinion? Well, if you're going to go to you know you, you know the Klaus Schwab, New World Order, World Economic, is that kind of where you're going to go? No, no, not I, I, those guys seem to be fall guys at some point. They're clowns. They're they're bond, they're caricatures of Bond. You think Klaus Schwab is a clown? He's not as strong as people think he is. No, I'll I'll tell you what I think. This is a personal opinion, and I didn't put it in my book because it doesn't it doesn't lend to the fact that we just got dead people and disabled people. But uh, I think that. Prior to 2020, those of us in the financial community were looking for the end of the everything bubble, sovereign debt crisis. So, you know, you moved from bank fraud, and then 12 years later, it's going to be sovereign debt fraud at some point. And that we were looking for sovereign bond debt collapse. And wouldn't it be nice to have a control system to manage riots, bank runs, and all sorts of things? I think there was an agenda that was driven. That's why there was such global messaging in unison. It was about the financial system collapsing. You need a control system in place. And, you know, the vaccine passport was going to lead to the digital ID, to the central bank digital currency. That's ultimately where you want to go. I think this is driven by politicians and central bankers. That's my personal opinion. I have no proof, but it makes the most sense to me. You need a control system in place before everything collapses. You don't put Big Pharma on oh, big that list? Oh, Big Pharma is a beneficiary of that, and they slap together some. And a tool. And a tool. Right. Here we go. No promises, but I'm trying to land a Bill Gates endorsement of the platform. Uh, Dame, who is Damon Poole, by the way? Tell him that considering how many people I'm getting his chips injected into, he owes me one. There, what? There you go. Oh, shit. What? Yeah, I, so now you see. What? Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So you know what's interesting? I, I'm on your page uh, because oh. I believe. Who is this guy, Damon Poole, though? Sorry, hang, go on, hang on. Go back to this article. Uh, uh, zoom out. <laughs> let me read this here. Uh, is this this is MSNBC? This is MSN. This is not Fox or Breitbart. No. This is MSN. Th these are okay. real. Matt Hancock cracks joke about Bill Gates' COVID conspiracy. Uh, uh, Matt Hancock jokes that he owes me one. The t the then health secretary was hoping to get Microsoft billionaire Gates help in promising an offer uh, to of Promoted. UK expert to promote UK expertise in an identifying co co coronavirus variants when he made the chip in January 2020. At the time, the internet was awash. With crackpot claims that the vaccination program was being used as a means of controlling the world's population by implanting mi uh, a microscopic uh, uh, chips into people's arms. Some of them suggested the evil genius behind the plot of Mr. Gates, who was once the world's richest man on January 25th, 2021. Damon Poole, Mr. Hancock's media advisor, sent him a WhatsApp message asking him if he had spoken to Ted Rose the director general of the World Health Organization about the new variant assessment platform, which offered other countries' UK expertise to detect and assess new variants around the world. 
Okay, many of the conspiracy theories about the COVID vaccine were said to have been spread on the internet by pro Kremlin outlets. Pro Kremlin outlets, of course. They included a suggestion that Mr. Gates wanted to implant tracking devices inside every human through mass vaccination, and that microchips containing vaccines would allow Microsoft to control the entire world population. The European Union even issued a lengthy advice on how to persuade people that the microchip plot was fiction. Another popular conspiracy theory said to have been spread by Russia was that Oxford University jab was a monkey vaccine that not only uh, contravened animal rights, but would also turn people into monkeys. Mr. Gates did not in the event endorse NVAP. What? You know, I, I don't know anything about a chip, but this is disturbing. It's just disturbing that he's saying this back then. Well, here's what I like. What I like about this is that um, MSNBC, you know, uh, uh, BBC is being forced to have to show this. Correct. The only reason they're showing this is probably because this was emailed to everybody, these pictures, and said, you best show it or else. So if others do and you don't, you're going to look like a clown. If these things are being shown. And of course, they're putting their spin on it, which is what they do. That's to- By the way, yeah. I honestly don't care. It, you add yeah. your spin on it. It's totally fine. Right. That's what we all do. We add our own exactly. uh, uh, opinion to it. Here's what I think is really going on. You may be wrong. I may be wrong. They may be wrong. But the fact that you're talking about it, the audience has to, uh, the populace has to go Google and do their own research and say, Holy shit, this is not fake. This is real. Yeah. Great. Then there's then starts the conversation. Yeah, did, was he making a joke or was it, you know, who knows? But the fact that conspiracy theorists said this three years ago, now it's popping up mm-hmm. in... Mm-hmm. This is progress, if you ask me, by yeah. the way. I, I see this as progress. Yeah, information in the public hand is progress. Um, I completely agree. So there's something, Ed, that you, you talked about. And I've believed for a long time that what happened in Greece 11 years ago. Oh, I, w- I remember that vividly. And I know, and I'm connecting the dots here because it goes right to France six weeks ago, where they said three things. The government is broke, so therefore you have to work longer until you retire because we're broke, we don't have anything to give you. And, oh, by the way, through a thing called the austerity program in Greek, there's a Greek word for it that in English translate austerity, you will be getting less government benefits. Translation, less Social Security and Medicare. Uh, they have a socialized medicine there, but there's certain rationing of things unless you walk in with a compound fracture of your leg. Of course, they'll take care of you. So those three things flipped out Greece, and you had you had a barbell-shaped protest, meaning there is something on both ends. You had older workers walking in the street saying, I worked all my life, and I'm going to get less, and I can't retire for five more years. And then on the low end, you had the non-college educated youth that were saying, hey, I want my lifetime job at the post office on the government dole. I'm not going to get that because my grandpa has to work five more years. So where's my free government job? You see? And then there was the riots and the younger side took over and they were burning the cars. So it started out of that. That was 11 years ago. What just happened in France is eerily similar, except it was... You didn't have the kind of, there's like 11 days of riots and fires and things that were there in Greece. But the same thing happened. You have to work longer. Our spreadsheet is constrained, (laughs) our government spreadsheet, and you're going to have less benefits when you get there. All of those things are connected to sovereign debt problems. Yeah. And so what happens is there's only two ways out of this. And this is not Tom speaking. Look it up. Do all the research you want. Way number one, actually way A, not in any order, is to inflate your way out through a dramatic level of multi-year crisis because then the government debt is paid off with cheaper money and they inflate their way out, crushing the citizenry. The second way out is the Jubilee or what's also known as Grand Resets, which are negotiated settlements and currency wipeouts at the end of global war. Defaults. Correct. Basically, yeah. At the, which is easy to administer at the end of the war. You lost, whoever you are. I won. Your currency is wiped out along with the debt. We reset, and away we go. There's the only two ways. And sometimes the first one is called a jubilee. We'll declare the year of jubilee, and we will reset the currencies because we've settled the, the conflict. Good news. We all go into the future. And that's and I, I happen to agree with you. I think there's there when all of these 
when all of the chickens come home to roost on this one, they need something to cover. There needs to be a triggering mechanism. There needs to be an excuse. The only, the only narrative that can deliver inflation sustained for long enough to monetize the debt to get out of this other than default is war. That's the only narrative that the public could rally around and, and, and uh, uh, if they were propagandized properly and believed in the righteousness of whatever we're doing. But that's the only narrative. Yeah, that's what I was referencing yeah. as the negotiated settlement to a war. Oh, well, what happened to Canada's currency? Hey, it was a war. We had to figure this out, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. And then the citizen goes, okay, I guess we have to do that. Yeah, look, the, the bottom line is 90%, 99% of the globe doesn't know this, but the, the social contract has been broken. Most of the governments are broke. They can't pay out all the, the, uh, the benefits, the pensions, especially Europe. Europe is, the euro, as we know, it, it's not a question of if, but when it dissolves. And Southern Europe is basically Germany is floating, floating everybody else's uh, free party down in Southern Europe where they have a demographic problem. How, how long is that sustainable for, though? Uh, you know, I, I, if I, uh, that's the $1,000 question because then you can make a lot of money. But so timing is always it's a tough. lot more than a thousand bucks. That's, you know, you can make some real money with that one. And by the way, over 27, 27 months, I think, if you look it up, that was where the mass of George Soros wealth was created was in currency hedging over a 27-month period. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, recently? No, 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 no. Way back. Years ago. Oh, yeah. He, he, bro- he, broke, he broke the uh, pound. Yep. Yeah, that's how he made it. And, and the money he made was ridiculous. Yeah, how what that you just said, just... if you, you know, you can make a lot of money if you know yeah. when, and going back in history, yeah. that's where he made That's it. where he did it. That's and where that, he made bank. That, 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 that made him who he is today. That was, that was his big, and, you know, he did, uh, I suspect he did that with inside info, basically being friendly with all the people inside. And by the way, it's funny because another story came out about CNNX boss Jeff Zucker told staff not to probe lab leak theory because it was Trump talking point. Again, he's talking like a strategist. I agree with him. For Democrats, it's good to not to do that, right? right. He, because he's talking like a Democratic strategist. He's not talking like a CEO of a media company. Correct. The CEO of a media company needs to go out there and tell the story so people keep watching your show and watching your content versus... We don't trust you anymore. Now they're in the gutter with uh, views. But t- let's talk about the uh, marketplace right now. Tom, you saw some uh, data on um, data that came out with mortgages today, with home prices today. You, you, you mind getting into that? Yeah, there was a Roundup article that was in the – what I mean by Roundup, uh, in the Wall Street Journal today, they were talking about housing market momentum stalls as critical spring season approaches. And what they rounded up into this, correct, was quantitative look at all the elements that are there right now. For instance, interest rates that had started going down in November have now picked back up to 6.65. And some of that, the bonds that determine mortgage interest rates are already expecting at least a quarter point in about a week, 16th, 17th. The Fed goes out. Yeah, I think so. Along with, and that's also that's also a day where they announce all the uh, economic stats. I think this is a, a stats release as well. And mortgage applications right now, the lowest it's ever been in how long? You want to take a guess? How many years? Mortgage applications, lowest that they've been in 28 years. Holy shit. Yep, right now. And According to this article? Yep. Uh, and the article is just pulling out. What, what the journal is doing is they pulled together all this stuff in one place, and they said, you know, you've got supply, the new listings are down another 20% year over year. And you've got March to June, what they're worried about here is the stock market looks for all of the mortgage industry to have a really good second quarter because March to June, it's sort of like if you think of Black Friday for electronics and Q4 is really good for electronics and TVs and phones and all that, second quarter is always historically just a party if you're in the mortgage industry, because 40% of the transactions of houses happen right before school's out and right at school's out, a- April to June. And the journal's pointing out that that's off another 40%. And the supply, he says, is stable, but it's sitting because there were experts in there that said in 17 years, over the last 17 years, the buying consumer has never been this demonstrably rate sensitive. Hmm. That happened as a result of how many years of 2 to 3% mortgages? And they're getting their heads around, well, it's up three times. When does it go back down? Because for most of their buying lifetime, they've had this artificial 25 3% interest rate. 
And so this article today in the journal just really, I was surprised to see the journal put it all together, all the stats, no suppositions, no spin, and just saying, hey, we're about to have a not fun um, March excuse me, April to June, which is normally party time in uh, in housing. And You know who is winning today? Wall Street Journal is winning today. I got to tell you, if, 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 if there is a paper I read every day for the last year now, it's Wall Street Journal. They're telling the story from a very independent standpoint. There is not a, like you almost don't feel opinion and hate and anger. It's just, here's what's going on. Here's what you got to look at. This is what's going on in history. It, it, it is, if you're going to trust specifically from, they've always had a very good reputation, but specifically right now, people don't trust anybody. Like, where do I go to read? They're crushing it right now. Yeah, this is not a story that's led with CEO of Remax says it's going to be fine. Just give me a minute. You know, you, you don't have any yep. of that, that, you know what I'm saying? Sort of industry puff pieces. No, there's nothing. And I was, I looked at it and it's what we've been saying that the everybody thinking that five and a quarter is going to be the top end for the Fed rate is wrong. Uh, Larry Summers over the weekend was actually openly campaigning and telling the Fed you're behind the curve on this one. You need to put a half a point on the uh, next rate increase and then two more quarters. You're behind the curve. In other words, he's saying, Jay Powell, you you need to do more on the interest rate to get inflation under control than you're doing right now. And when you went to quarter points in fourth quarter, you actually allowed inflation a chance to reheat a little bit. Now, whether that's all comes to pass, but it was um, kind of a dark, a dark weekend because it, it certainly doesn't look like rates are going to be coming down now before, you know, third quarter. And that's what everybody's saying. Even the bulls and the bears are all in agreement. If he raises them a half now, he's probably raising a quarter quarter on the next two meetings. We're suddenly at five, seven, five, uh, the fed rate. And that's not, housing's not going to bounce back until we get three drops. Now that's looking like September, November earliest. Mm. So it may be a 24 recovery on a uh, housing market, or shall we say statistical relief so that the market can recover as people put their houses on the market or go buy something rather than a second half of 23. And how high does this go, right? Because the Fed fund rate now, right now is four and a half, give or take. And then I think the historical long-term average is 4.6. And then, you know, what? repeating history or being a student of history, I'm always shocked to find out that in the 80s that mortgage rates were double digits. Yeah. 12%, 15%, 20%, what? Like, those are credit card numbers of what you used to get a mortgage for. Right. It's insane to me. What was your first year you bought a house, by the way? Uh, the first year I bought a house was I was 26, and I think I got a 7% mortgage. And what year was that? Uh, so... 26, 62, 26, it was 88. Yeah, yeah, it was 88, 88. And that that would have been a great rate in the late 80s, 7.5%. And and by the way, I remember talking to the guy that was doing my mortgage and feeling like I just locked in on a little dip. He just hooked you up. And right now, I mean, mortgage rates are 6.5%. I'm just saying, like, as someone that is, you know, likes to keep their money in cash and invest Mm -hmm. and rent and kind of invest the difference, I don't even know when a good time to even think about buying right now is six and a half the bottom, or are we gonna are we trending towards double digits? That's and insane that's what, to me. And that's what the journal was talking about is that there's experts out there that are saying they're saying objectively, objectively, not opinion. Buyers in their mid thirties right now have never seen interest rates like that, and yeah. these are the most rate sensitive buyers that they've ever seen. Yeah, if you're a millennial and you're looking to buy a house, you, all you're all you're used to is zero, one, two, three, four, like, and all of a sudden it's six, by, seven. By, by the way, right. Uncle Adam talks to his friend Tom about yeah. six point six percent. By rates. the way, like, I don't remember we, that. This is where we need to stay. I I know this is not popular, but this is where we need to stay. You know, we, we keep talking about how much fake money was made. 128 economic months economic expansion. COVID doesn't come. That could have gone another year or two. Could have been 150 months. You know, it's not. You take COVID out, it's 150 months. So you're keeping rates as whatever it was, and people are just funding everything. This is where it needs to stay for a minute. Okay, the problem is going to happen, Tom. Is let's just say inflation does drop to two percent. There's like, okay, guess what? Let's start lowering it again. No, no, no. Pump the brakes. If you really wanted to start breathing a little bit, you got to get off of steroids and growth hormone for a couple of years. Okay, that's right. We've been on it for way too long. So. 
That part no one's going to know because who's going to replace Jerome Powell? Who, who, who the hell is going to replace? You know how last time we were having a conversation with Crowder and the qu- question was, so Susan stepped down, right? Everyone's like, well, you know what the great story is? Susan uh, uh, from YouTube. Susan Scott. No, 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 no Susan no. Wojcicki. Susan, Wojcicki. Susan Wojcicki from YouTube just stepped down and because she did this, 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 this wrong. Well, the person that replaced her worse is worse <laughs> is what the fear is. It's like, hey, Jack Dorsey's stepping About time Jack Dorsey steps down from Twitter. No, bro. You want a Jack Dorsey to stay. Exactly. The guy that replaced him is worse. So as much as people are, you know, giving Powell a hard time that he's pounding people on upstairs, and I know you always <laughs> talk about his bedroom uh, activity, this is an inside joke for Tom. Tom's got very interesting it's, it's jokes. It's an inside joke. We, we, Powell, I, I refer Vince. to the economy yeah. as a poor cheerleader up in her bedroom. <laughs> and that Jerome Powell is going to keep pounding that cheerleader till her parents come home. And parents coming home is <laughs> All right, two, Tom. 2% interest rates. So, but, uh, so now you the, know. The new CEO of, of uh, YouTube is Neil Mohan. And yeah. you're saying that he's I'm not saying be, that. I'm not no, saying They that. are saying. I'm not, the question yeah. is sometimes... You have to, you know, you have to worry who's like, for who's example, okay, okay, we got to get rid of Putin. Right. Cool. Who's replacing him? Yeah. Right. We, we got to get rid of, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Who's replacing him? So that is just as much of a concern as it is. At least you have enough data to know how this person's going to be. Right. The, to mar- me- the markets don't like uncertainty. So just keep yeah. the guy in until this phase is over because you switch mid, 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 mid game. People will be like, I got to figure out the new guy. I actually think Powell's doing an okay job. I was just going to ask. I don't what, know if what, I'm going to sit here telling you Powell's job. the goat or he's doing. I agree. I actually think he is. If you look at him compared to some of the other guys, I think he's actually doing an okay job. He's doing way better than grandma. Than Janet Yellen? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's not even a question. Uh, 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 but, but yeah, so here, so here's a question for you. Have you ever had any interactions with Michael Burry? Have you ever done anything? No, no. W- why is he so low-key? He's on Twitter one day. He shuts it down, comes back again, tweets, closes it again, doesn't do interviews, doesn't talk to people. Strong insight, very interesting. He's been right one too many times. What do you know about Michael Burry? Well, so after the housing crisis, um, he made a speech excoriating Congress, saying that they all knew this was coming. It's all their fault. Then he started being investigated by the feds and tax and IRS. So ever since that experience after the housing crisis, I, I don't think he is uh, one to be on the public stage. But he is. He, he knows what's going on with the COVID vaccines because he's intimated he, uh, uh, that he's investing in some of these uh, plays on that in stock, on a stock individual basis, like buying blood thinning companies and shorting other companies. So he's already playing the COVID vaccine stuff. He, he, to me, he's a very interesting guy to watch closely. I see him as a stud. I think he's got courage. I think he's tough. Um, but I hope, you know, I, I, was, I, I, I wish he was a little bit more Vocal, yeah. I think it would be great if he came out and gave his thesis on what's going on with COVID vaccines. Dude, I would love nothing more than to have a two-hour conversation with this guy. Just to sit down and say, Michael, what are we expecting? What's going on? And and by the way, I also think he's a crusade guy, meaning I think he's a true believer. I don't think it's just about money for him. I I don't think he's just like, hey, he wants to get rich and, you know, go party and, you know, Thailand and do whatever some of these guys, you know. I think that's a guy that really cares about what's going on. He has concerns. He has good insight. I think he needs to be more vocal. So if you know Michael Burry, if anybody knows Michael Burry, you're a friend of his or you're a close colleague of his, kind of let him know I'd like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say, you know, I I really like him. I I love him to make a contra-COVID ETF, and that way he'd have to go out with investment letters because I'd love to read those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been a uh, fun podcast. We've had a couple things before we wrap up here. One, Tom, you launched your show yesterday uh, uh, on your own channel, BizDoc. We're very excited about it. It was phenomenal. Can you tell the audience what to expect with your show before we wrap it up with uh, the, the book here? Yeah. The BizDoc prod- podcast ev- brought to you by Valuetainment. Thank you very much, Pat. Uh, Every Monday, 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, it's an hour, stats, stories, and what it means for you. I like to find the story behind the story and talk about what it means for, you know, the valuetainment listener, you know, entrepreneurs, leaders, people trying to make a mark, owning their own company, working for people in that, and to give you uh, something to start the week with and the news you can use. I love it. So Monday at 11.30. 
Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. So before lunch on the East Coast, yep. right as you get to work on the West Coast. Live cool. on YouTube and then syndicated to all the places that the Valuetainment podcasts are syndicated through our partner, for uh, those Spotify of, and others. For those of you who love Tom, tune in. Uh, we are doing one more podcast this week tomorrow. I believe it's at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we will have home team only. we got a lot of things that we have to talk about that we haven't done for a week or so, and then we will not be doing any other podcast for the rest of the week. Uh, uh, we did announce yesterday on Steven Crowder's podcast, I want to tell it to you guys again, we're going we're gonna to launch ticket sales for the April 7th live. We're going to do it this time at night because we ran a survey, and a lot of you guys want this live podcast at the, at the studio to be nighttime, not morning time. We're doing it Friday night at 7 to 9 on April 7th. Uh, we may have some guests. We're not going to disclose it until you show up and we see who it is. The last time we did this, we sold that within a couple hours. Uh, text the word podcast to the number 310-340-1132. Again, text the word podcast to 310-340-1132. The moment we have tickets for sale, you'll be there. Some of you guys VIP. You had a chance to go to the Cigar Lounge. I had an hour conversation with a bunch of different guys about what's going on. It was a phenomenal time. We'll love to see and meet many of you guys who weren't there on the first one uh, that we had. And last but not least, Rob, let's put the link below to Cause Unknown. Highly recommend everybody go get a copy for themselves. Look through the data. Look through the articles. Look through what he has in here and question it. Why is this taking place? It's simply to question, okay, and then find from there, have conversations within people in your community. Talk amongst each other. Talk to your family. Talk to your relatives. Talk to your coworkers. What do you think about this? What are your thoughts about this? Have you seen this here? But start by ordering the book, Cause Unknown. Rob, let's make sure that's below as well. Ed, appreciate you for coming out here from uh, Maui. Uh, uh, I know you would much rather have the lifestyle in Florida than the one in Maui. I love the weather here. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it, we, we love it here. I mean, I've been to Maui one too many times, and I love it there as well. We went there one time years ago, and we walked on a volcano, active volcano, with lava coming down. And we had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to make it to the other side so we can walk before the ranger shows up. <laughs> and they told us all the signs. If it all of a sudden starts raining, if you smell this weird smell, and if the things you're walking on is about to break, if it does, it's game over for you. Walk back. We got to that point where we were, it was myself and a couple of our friends, John and... Uh, um, was it Mario there? Jose was there, and we're walking there, and all of a sudden, Jose and I step on this thing. I'm like, uh-oh, it's time to walk back. We walk back, but we have a lot of good memories in Hawaii. Probably not one of the best decisions I made in my life. Cause known. But it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Your, uh, Anyways. Decisions, I, my friend. <laughs> have a great one, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ed, again, thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Thank you, guys.